thank you for tuning in to another episode of Unleashed Faith. Welcome back if you are my faithful listener, and if you are new, I'm so glad you could join me this week. This podcast is intended for any woman who is willing to set aside and allow God to take full control over your life. Although I do have some guy listeners that do join me each week, and that is totally such a blessing to me as well. So continue to join me each week as I share moments of my life and how God is working on me. Allow me to become your mentor, your friend, and your sister in Christ as we live a radical life for Jesus together, learning tools and tips on how we can continue to mature in our faith daily. So if you're ready, grab a pen and your notepad and let's dig in. Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode. Uh, we are going to be taking a little break from the Women of the Bible series. I know I mentioned it on Tuesday's podcast that uh, I've been digging into my notes, kind of trying to get them together to um, work on some new material, some sermons that I'm working on. And um, God was just like, I want you to really share this. I want you to take this and I want you to put some meat on it. Uh, And so that's what I did. I honored him. I obeyed him. And um, even though, you know, I have weeks of content set up for the podcast, if any ever time he says, hey, I don't want you to do that, I'm not doing it. We all know what happens when we don't obey daddy. Uh, We get in trouble or something happens and um, we have to suffer the consequences. So um, it is is also good to just kind of take a break and uh, mix things up a little bit so that we don't get set into, um, you know, a routine that just becomes, oh, yes, I'm just going to do it just because here we are. You don't want to get in that mindset. You want uh, every now and then you need a little shock, a little <laughs> to jolt you and um, wake you up and just restore you. And today we're going to be in First Corinthians. Um, I know my Jesus moment this week, I shared Second Corinthians, I believe it was five. Uh, I'm sorry, 10, five. And it was talking about um, taking every thought captive. And that is so important. And just to touch real base on real quick on that. uh, I struggled with that a lot this week, just because of um, the opportunity that I had to speak. And when you allow the enemy to take full control over your mind and your thoughts, it just overflows into your actions and things around you. And um, it can definitely hinder your situation and circumstances. So that's why it's important to take every thought captive and to filter it through your Christ filter and make sure that what you're thinking about is um, aligning with God's word and um, in a positive direction and not in a negative direction. But um, if you got your Bibles, go ahead and get turned to 1 Corinthians 13. Um, if you're taking notes, be sure to definitely write these chapters down, these verses down. I'm going to go through quite a bit of verses today, uh, but I just feel like it's important. It all kind of just wraps up together. As I've always said, taking notes is so important for anyone who's wanting to grow their relationship with Christ. Um, If you're wanting to mature, if you're wanting to go to that next level, your notes will come in handy just as they've done for me this week. Um, I have looked back at notes from 2018 and I'm like, man, that's good. I could do something with that. And because I've been through things the last couple of years, I'm able to take that verse and to put it into a teaching. And I love how God uses that and does that. And that's why the 
importance of writing notes. And it's not just writing down scriptures. It's writing down when people are speaking. And if they say something that triggers you and you're like, man, that's good. Let me write it down. Um, you jot it down because you will go back to it. And when you reread it, it will apply to somewhere you're at in life in that moment that you read it. Uh, and I encourage you to do this anytime that you're, you have that, oh my gosh, I need to write this down. I don't want to forget it. Forget it. And believe it or not, sometimes it somehow plays within your week and you hear it again, or you hear it in a different version and you're like, wow, God is so good. And you'll be surprised how many times God lines it up like that. And then how he places things that all come together, but from totally different sources. Uh, That's what he has done uh, through this podcast, through my ministry, uh, through my life. Uh, I've seen it over and over. And it's just a great reminder that God is always present. He is always around me. His hand is in everything that I do. And that is an amazing, um, it's an amazing feeling and it's amazing to be able to get to that point. So if, uh, that is you right now where you're walking in Christ, kudos to you. If you are just started out, keep going, keep pushing sister. Uh, he will reveal himself to you. I promise. But, uh, love endures. It was a title that I kind of wanted this message to go, uh, but then I was like, no, I'm going to change it up a little bit. I want it. I want to give me a word, God. I'm just going to do one word this week. Um, but what does the word endure mean to you if thinking about it? And um, I looked it up and it says to remain under suffering or misfortune without yielding through things we must preserve. We must continue on and on in all that we do. So The phrase, his love endures forever, is repeated in scripture 26 times. And that is beautiful because just that uh, love endures is so beautiful. And that's what we're going to, we're going to read about that today. So 1 Corinthians 13 is where we're going to be. We're going to be in verses 4 and 7 mostly. And that's where the title of the message is going to come into play. And the title of today is obviously Agape. Agape is a Greek word that is used in the New Testament, and it's using, um, I'm going to use it in the text tonight, uh, that agape love is selfless, it's sacrificial, it's an unconditional love. It's the kind of love that Jesus has for his father and for his people. It is more than an emotion. It's something that is demonstrated through action. And the biggest agape love that I can personally feel when I read it in scripture is John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Man, reading that and understanding that and just taking a moment to think like wow that that's amazing. God sent his son here knowing the things he was going to have to go through to eventually get back up there to heaven with him. And um, that's huge. And if you are a seasoned believer and you know the story of the crucifixion and you know the the betrayal, the hurt, the uh, embarrassment, the the mocking, the beating, the torture that Christ went through for each one of us out there, it's, it's so emotional 
just thinking about it. It, it. It's beautiful and emotional at the same time. And it's beautiful in the sense that he did something so selfless for you and me. He didn't have to, but he wanted to because he knew the victory that was to come, that through his bloodshed, we would be forgiven and that we would have the grace and the mercy that covers each one of us and that we're able to live out um, our purpose here on earth. And it's so beautiful in that sense, but it's so horrific on the other end. And it's so sad and it's so emotional that the things that he had to go through to get the victory and sometimes we're like that in life sometimes we have to endure things that feel like it's it's breaking us and it is tearing us apart and we feel like there's no end to the storm that we are just in a hurricane that is never going to uh, subside when reality there is always a calm after the storm. There's always a rainbow after it rains in the sky. And you have to stay focused on that. You have to stay focused on the good and the positive in all circumstances. And I know that that is so hard. And it took me so long in my walk with Christ that no matter what we're going through, God has a purpose for it. You know, I've spoken about on past episodes that the hardest thing that I have been through has been my miscarriage that happened um, a month this year. And to think that it's already been a year, it's huge. But how God has grown my, has helped me grow my relationship with him this year. I feel like it just amped up after that. It was kind of like a test. Like he gave my husband and me something that we wanted so bad and passionately and then he took it away and it wasn't that because we you know we were we are just not living God's will and things like that but things happen and it was for us to realize a lot of things and um, it has been beautiful to be able to grieve and to cope with that and to strengthen our relationship to where now, a year later, um, it still hurts. It still makes me want to cry when I think about it because, um, you know, my baby would have been here right now. He would have been, I could have been talking about being a new parent at 33 and a child going into high school and, you know, one not even starting school yet. But God has a bigger purpose and he has a bigger plan. And I want you to focus on that if you're going through something right now that, um, the storm that you're in, eventually there will be a calm. You will be able to see that rainbow come out of the sky and you will be able to see and feel God's promises just unfold in your life. But uh, enough mushy mushy. Uh, we're going to get into reading and uh, I'm going to just kind of break it down and then I will let you know for my doodlers when we start getting into writing some scriptures down. I will be in a couple different versions today. Uh, I'm going to start now in the NIV um, and I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 13, uh, like I said, verses 4 through 7. And it's uh, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. Verse 5 says, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoice with the truth. It always protects, 
always trusts, always hopes, and always preserves. And I think that is such a huge verse 7 right there. I'm going to just say it again. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always preserves. preserves. (laughs) And we have to know that love comes from God, and God is love. And that is huge, that he will protect us, that we can trust in him, that through him we can have hope. And that he will preserve all of those things within our spirit. And I love that. And I love that perspective of it. But this is Paul speaking here saying that love is patient. And when you're in a relationship, whether you look at the relationship with your significant other or with the father, you must be patient. For so many of us, that is so hard because we are flesh and we hate waiting. We hate the prolong of do, 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 you know, part of anything. But for instance, you know, like if you go into prayer and you really need God to move in your life or handle the situation or give you guidance, it's easy for us to go to him and pray and express things to him. But it's the after the amen that sometimes we try to wait quote unquote, you all can't see me doing my quotes, but it's in that waiting time that we try to take matters into our own hands or we become anxious and with anxiety, we become aggravated that God isn't answering us quick, quick enough. You know, sometimes, and I've said it before that he delays prayers just to see our reaction, that there are times he doesn't answer at all. And in reality, he's still answering and we have to keep that focus. He knows what we need. He knows what our hearts desire. He has already gone ahead of us and planned that path for us to take. And becoming aggravated during the waiting time can also uh, happen because we want things to be perfect. We want our lives to be sunshine and rainbows uh, and have everything perfect sometimes can cause issues when when things don't turn out our way or the way we want them or the way we expect them. And we must remember that perfection only exists in God. We must remember that we need to love him and we need to love others and not the perfection, not through perfection is how our worldly desires are. We're not perfect. Our friends are not perfect. Our family members are not perfect. Only God is perfect. Only his love is perfect. And the relationship side of love, we know that our relationships in family need to be marked by love, husbands especially, um, to love their wives, but wives too must love their husbands. That's scripture, you know, parents and children, brother and sisters, we must love one another as Christ loves us. And in the verses that we just read here in First Corinthians, Paul is showing the practice of love how love is greater than all spiritual gifts because it is a selfless characteristic from God. Selfless love should be a priority for every Christian. And I just want to kind of break down. I have one, two things I want to just break down here. And the first point is love is patient. If you're patient, you're slow to anger. You endure personal wrongs without retaliating. You bear with others' imperfections, faults, and differences. You give them time to change. You make room for mistakes without uh, coming down on them. And through mistakes and trials that we go through, God allows us to be able to learn and grow from them. I've said it before that 
the things that we go through are for a purpose and for a reasoning. And it's a lot of time is to see how we will react. Will we uh, go to Christ and will we go into prayer and allow our faith to be activated so that we're able to endure the hardships? You know, it's not fair to our significant other or our friends around us to be the, um, to receive the backlash because things are not going our way and we're having a bad attitude. That's not how it's meant to be. Um, Second thing I want to say is like, love is kind. Kindness is patience through action. Uh, Seeking out to help and serve one another without the want of repayment or without the, the spotlight and the, hey, I did this. I just want you to know this. And and forgiving and understanding when someone does wrong to you is another kind of selfless love. Like even rather it is, um, you know, I've always said forgiving someone gives you freedom. It gives you peace. Whether you think that person deserves it or not, apologize. Say I'm sorry. You know, you don't realize the freedom that you will have just by forgiving someone. Um, I know personally, like there have been relationships in my life that people have hurt me and people have either um, not been there for me when I've needed them in my hardest times or people have said things to me or said things up behind my back and it has hurt me. But I have forgiven them, whether I have said to them specifically, I forgive you. Uh, or I've given it over to God directly. I have released that I because I don't want to hinder anything or block anything potential that God is going to bless me with. I don't want to have that bitterness around my heart. And I don't want to have that anger towards that person because I want to live in love just as Christ loves me. And by doing that is portraying and actually activating um, his characteristics in all that we do. And um, I feel like that could be a series too, is talking about the characteristics of Christ. Like I feel that that could go on <laughs> for huge, but uh, right now I just want to stick to um, what God has planned and then eventually just see where it goes. But another thing with kindness is that it motivates others towards positive change. A lot of times when people see you and they see you, especially when you're born again, they're like, man, what happened to her? Like what? I want that. I want to know what, what happened to her. And that's usually a good conversation starter, but um, kindness can transform anyone who's having a bad day. It can uh, restore someone's spirit just simply saying, hey, how's it going? Like, or opening the door for somebody or buying someone's lunch. You have no idea. Um, Someone gave my husband a love offering for me this week to go get my nails and my toes done. And it was so nice to just be able to relax because uh, working for Jesus, um, it's not covering all that. And uh, my husband being the sole uh, provider, it was just so great. And I prayed for whoever that was to, even though my husband will not tell me, uh, I just prayed for that person, for God to bless him and for someone to pay it back to them. And it's just that simple kindness. And I never ask for anything like that. And just for someone to do that for me, one, obviously I did cry because it was like, wow, someone thought about me and they knew what 
you know, like, obviously, I don't have the extra funds to do this and this thing that was coming up for me, I more than likely was going to be barefooted. (laughs) And so uh, thank you to that person. If you're listening, if you're my listener, I appreciate it. Thank you for not allowing me to have janky toes on stage uh, preaching the gospel. So I appreciate that. Uh, But a scripture I did want to share is this is uh, we're going to start getting into it. it's Luke 6, 33 through 36. And I pulled the message version from this. And it says, says, here is a simple rule of thumb for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you. Then grab the initiative and do it for them. If you only love the lovable, do you expect, expect a pat on the back? Run of the mill sinners do that. If you only help those who help you, do you expect a medal? Garden variety sinners do that. If you only give for what you hope to get out of it, do you think that's charity? The stingiest of pawnbrokers does that. I tell you, love your enemies. Help and give without expecting anything in return. You'll never, you'll never, I promise, regret it. Live out this God-created identity that the way of the Father lives towards us. Generously and graciously, even when we're at our worst, our Father is kind. You be kind. And that was Luke 6, 33 through 36, the message version. So selfless love is not self-seeking. Selfishness is the root of the problem of human race. And that is, I could say that over and over again. I could bold it. If I could bold words coming out of my mouth, that would be it. Selflessness, selfishness is the root problem of the human race. And that's just unfortunately the world we live in. We live in a world that worldly standards standards teach us to look out for just ourselves and this could not be farther from the truth jesus came to this earth to serve as himself as human form to serve people and not to be served he came down from the heaven knowing how his life was going to end selfless love forgives that's another key point you know that Love does not keep track on the wrongs that others inflict on us. It doesn't consistently remind us not to help others that have wronged us. Selfless love is just like Jesus teaches us to forgive one another, to not hold grudges, to love each each one of our friends and our neighbors just as he loves us. So I want to real quick share something and it says... It was something that I had read and it was one married man said to his friend, you know, every time my wife and I get into a conflict, she gets historical. His friend said, you mean hysterical? Don't you mean hysterical? And the husband's like, no, I mean historical. She rehearses everything I have ever done wrong in this world, whole history of marriage. And that's keeping score. That's not love. It's huge. We can't keep track of the wrongdoings that people do to us. It's not fair. This is not a tally game. You have to let go and give it to God. You have to forgive them. And that's a selfless act on your own. And uh, I want to read another scripture from 1 John 4, 16 through 17. And it says, And so we know and rely on the love of God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we must have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. Whenever that judgment day comes, I want to be with all of my holy wild crew 
and I want to be right there with Jesus and I want to be dancing and I want to be singing. And by doing that, I know that's where I will be because here on earth, I lived the best version and the best image of him that I could be. And I encourage all of you to do that. And if you have strayed away or you've fallen short, you can get right back aligned with the cross at any time in any place. It doesn't have to be in the church house. It doesn't have to be in a in a conference holy moment. It can be right now, wherever you're at. If you feel like you are slipped away, if you just feel like you're just not been in the presence of the Lord, you can ask him right now to come back into your heart and just uh, ask him for forgiveness and just ask him back into your life and just take the driver's seat and just take full control and just start fresh with him. Cause that's where his grace comes in. I'm so grateful for his grace. We would not be here. I would not be doing this podcast if it wasn't for his grace and for his mercy uh, and his, for his unfailing love. It's absolutely beautiful. But, um, <laughs> so I do have a question just as scripture says here, um, if love never fails, why do marriages and relationships fail? One, loving others is selfless. If it is all about me, 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 what I deserve, what I want, what feels good to me, that is not being selfless. That is you being prideful. And Ephesians 4, 2 says, be completely humble and be gentle, be patient bearing with one another in love. And you have to do that by being selfless. Number two, the point I have, loving others is about vulnerability and realness. It insists that we hold on to God's morality and integrity. We are created in his image. We are created to love like him, to be real with one another, to be transparent. Um, I know that sometimes there are things on the podcast that I share that, um, kind of break me a little bit um, that seem a little deep, but my whole purpose of doing what God has called me to do is to be transparent so that I'm able to connect and um, give other women out there hope for the things that I've went through and realize that God can use any of us. He, We are his masterpiece. He is the artist. We are the canvas. He is the he is the potter. We are the clay. He is molding us into the image of him. And I am just grateful for it. And I want to share too, Genesis one twenty six. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all of the wild animals, and all over the creatures that move along the ground. So we are created for his purpose. Point three, God intended love to be three chords. Ecclesiastes 4.12, the message version I pulled. By yourself, you're unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded cord rope isn't easily snapped. So we're not made to do life alone. We need to have the accountability partner. You cannot be in a relationship with someone who does not have the same spiritual values as you. You cannot be with someone who is unequally yoked. It will make it tough to succeed in a godly relationship, and it will be tough to succeed as far as your spiritual walk. Um, And when we can operate outside of God's vision, 
when we operate outside of God's vision for our lives, then the relationship becomes fragile and vulnerable. So we have to make sure that in our relationships, whether it's within friends or within marriage or with our partner, that it has to be God's will and what God intended for those relationships to be. And if God is the foundation of our relationship, doesn't that, does that mean that our relationship will be perfect? Nope. We are still human, but when God is our primary source and our foundation of affections, then you will not put your value on that other imperfect human. You will put everything in this, in our perfect God. And as a result, um, if you were to do that, your mood, your actions, your self-worth would not be dependent on your significant other. No one else on this earth should be the source of your happiness. And until you can understand that, you will continue to search for wholeness by bouncing around from relationship to relationship or, um, you know, friendship. So you have to realize that you can't put everything that you are and that what you want in world in this world into another person. It has to be put into God and into Christ and everything that he wants for us. But um, I hope that you, by listening to this, understand the agape love that our God has for us, that it is never ending, that it is sacrificial, that it is selfless, that it is never changing. There is nothing that we can do that will ever strip away God's love for us or strip away from his teachings and his word and how we need to have the agape love for all others around us. I appreciate all of you tuning in to this week's episode and staying faithful to the podcast. Um, this week I did launch the ebook. So if you have not purchased that, go to the website at unleashfaith.com, click store, hit books, and then you'll be able to receive your digital copy. It is only $5. Um, once you purchase it, you'll receive a link to download. The link, once you download it the first time, um, is no longer available within 24 hours. But if you have any issues, you can email me uh, and I will send you another link for you to be able to download that. But as always, be blessed and stay focused.